This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Hanam, live, broadcasting from San Francisco. My co-host, Jamal Dejani, is on assignment, and uh, we may be hearing from him in another week or so. We have a great show today. We're going to be speaking with two representatives from GUPS, from San Francisco State, getting an update of the attacks on Palestine solidarity work at uh, San Francisco State. We'll be speaking with Salim Shahada and Linda Etikat. Stay tuned. This is Arab Talk on KPOO. We'll be right back. All right, this is Arab Talk on KPOO. We're in San Francisco. This is Jess Khanam of Arab Talk. And in studio with us today, we have uh, Salim Shahada and Linda Etikat from GUPS at San Francisco State. We have been reporting on GUPS for a number of reasons because there have been consistent and vicious, racist, and at times physical attacks against Palestine solidarity activists at San Francisco State and just a general attack on First Amendment rights and Palestinian solidarity work. And it seems like San Francisco State has become ground zero for these attacks from all over the country. We have Salim and Linda with us in studio today. And Salim, I guess we'll start with you first and then we'll go to Linda. I just want to get a sense, you know, after we spoke with you and Professor Abdul Hadi the last time, it seems like things have gotten worse on campus. It's, it's not as if things are any better. Definitely. Well, so as you know, um, earlier this semester, Professor Abdulhadi filed a grievance against the university for the hostile work and study environment that right. they have for Palestinians, uh, both students and faculty. Um, since then, you know, we've seen escalated attacks, which include another poster smear campaign, uh, which also include this recent attack with a frivolous and baseless lawsuit. Yeah, but, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Put forth by the uh, uh, Lawfare Project, which right. is one of the you know one of the organizations that work within these tight knit network of you know anti-Palestinian Islamophobic networks. Right. Um, you know they consistently cite each other. Uh, you know it's you know just reproducing this bubble right. um, of of really Islamophobia that and anti-Palestinianness that the university kind of um, has an opportunity to respond to and you know and, and what are they going to do right what are they going to do and the, the, we and it gives them the opportunity to stand up for social justice uh and we hope they do and we see time and time again that they drop the ball but that's not to say that uh the opportunities are not out there i guess one of the things that uh we are concerned about <clears throat> obviously is the ability at a university in a place of higher learning for people to be able to speak freely about what whatever issues there may be, you know, out there on the table. You know, the university historically, and, and when I say historically, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years. We're not just talking about recent history. Has been that place for the active debate of ideas and openness and, and things like that. But it seems like, and, you know, we've talked about the Palestinian exception to the First Amendment, you know, where you can talk about anything freely except the question of Palestine. And it seems like San Francisco State is being really targeted. I mean, there's no other word to use but targeted by pro-Israel forces, 
targeted by, I mean, we, we know who they are, right? It's Atlas Shrugs, it's David Horowitz, it's, it's um, the Canary Project, it's all of these, these front groups that are funded by Sheldon Edelson and, 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 and the likes who are really coming after faculty and students at San Francisco State. And yeah, definitely. And one of the things is that these organizations um, are beyond just Islamophobic. I mean, these organizations are really, they're, they're anti-black, anti-Muslim, they're anti-woman, uh, they're anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant, they're anti-queer. I mean, literally, they, uh, they are a tight-knit, racist, well-funded network um, that, you know, while they target they target Palestinians and Palestinian advocacy work. The effects of their targeting are felt by larger vulnerable communities. Um, and, you know, we've seen an amazing response at San Francisco State University of this sense of, like, the indivisibility of justice that Professor Abdelhadi, you know, talks about, but also, you know, these third world solidarities um, in the spirit of the 68-69 strike at San Francisco State University. Right. And this, you know, third world, you know, recognizing ourselves as, as a global majority and not as, you know, um, you know, national minorities. Exactly. And it's... Um, Thanks, Salim. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go over to Linda right now. Linda, you're a undergraduate at San Francisco State. Mm -hmm. I wondered if you could give our listeners just a sense, as a woman of color, as a Palestinian woman of color, what it's been like for you um, at San Francisco State this term. Okay. Um, well, basically, the climate at San Francisco State right now is very tense, and it's very anything Palestinian is. Um, suppressed and it's funny because the administration is very hypocritical you know they SF State has a long-time history of being for social justice for you know freedom of expression freedom of speech for all however and that's like that's probably that's probably like the f number one reason why I chose to attend San Francisco State oh, wow. so to have the administration you know go against the SF State values and to go against the history in which SF State has formed like ethnic studies and the 68 strikes it's just very very insulting and it really feels like you can basically be um, you know you can be for the liberation of peoples as long as it's not Palestinian that's the Palestine exception exactly I guess the thing that I'm really worried about um, that I see is this lack of response on the university's part, especially when I think about the posters that went up that were not just racist and Islamophobic, but also, to me, inciting kind of a violence uh, in which Professor Abdulhadi, and I guess to some extent you were, were you named on these posters? Yeah, my name was on them in October. On the October mm -hmm. round of the posters. Mm -hmm. It seems extraordinary to me that on a campus where the police pr presence is very high, unfortunately, but it's there, where you have surveillance cameras all over the university mm -hmm. that with all of the high investigative power that the police and the university have, they have not been able to stop these racist, attacking, vicious posters mm -hmm. because we've had at least, what, two or three episodes of the posters now. How many have there been now? There have been two. Mm -hmm. Two? Two, yeah. And I, I can't help but wonder what it's like to be a student on campus knowing that, uh, you know, posters like this go up. It seems pretty outrageous. Mm -hmm. It's actually very frightening. Um, the day the posters went up, it was October 14th, and it was on a Friday. So I was not on campus that day. However, I did receive the text messages from, you know, fellow students that 
there are these posters and my name was on it as well as my comrades and to basically have that was just frightening you know this is an educational institution that is supposed to protect us that is supposed to be a safe space for students and to to know that there was someone in the middle of the night plastering these posters and printing our names and you know who like knew our names first and last and who knew our information that was frightening and what was even more frightening is that I expected our university to do something, to do something that, you know, projected a very strong response of like, we do not allow this on our campus. We do not condone this. We do not accept this. And whoever did this will receive the consequences. However, the lack of response was just very, very, very disappointing. I felt that our university did not care about the safety of Palestinian voices on campus, of Palestinian students. You know, I felt that our university you know, they pride themselves in this, you know, this agenda. However, because we are Palestinian, that these posters didn't matter. They did not do enough, and they actually failed us, and they did not want, they just did not protect us, and I just felt very, very offended. They, um, you know, and they, they kept saying, they had this rhetoric that was like, we will find out who did this, but, you know, the name of the people that did this were on the posters, and for some reason, they tried to act like we don't know who did it. However, the name was credited by Canary Mission, David Horowitz Foundation, all that stuff. So, you know, to, so it was very... Minute. Let me just stop you. So, mm -hmm. the university says they're going to they're gonna go after who did it. On the posters itself, it says Canary Mission... You know, David, yeah. and the university is claiming they they haven't been able to identify who did this yet. Yeah, that's basically their thing, and they, they you know they kind of cover wow. it up with um, we filed the f a police or an investigation will happen, you know, but then nothing came out of the investigation, and it's basically this like it, it adds in to the liberal the liberal rhetoric of um, freedom of speech is uh, hate speech is counted but hate speech hate speech is not freedom of speech right. and we need to understand that you know people cannot just come onto our campus and pa plaster these posters and threaten students so i can't imagine what it's like for you linda as an undergraduate at this university it's that this must make your life as a student very very difficult and complicated right mm -hmm. it does How, i mean there's no sense of um protection yeah I'm always gonna yeah. say you you kind of feel like you're targeted to some extent mm -hmm. on campus I would imagine and um, the only thing the university has offered me was you know should I feel unsafe that I can contact the university police department however I do not feel safe around police police have never made me as a woman of color feel safe and when police officers are actively shooting black and brown people in the streets and leaving their bodies bloodied in a pool you know why would I contact the police why would I want to work with the system that aids in oppressing Palestinians and aids in oppressing black and brown people in our communities? So no, as of state, I do not want to contact the UPD. My question is, what are you going to do to protect us? What are you going to do to stop this? What are you going to do so that in five years there are no posters? And what are you going to do so that these people don't feel comfortable coming onto campus? And another thing I want to point out is that these posters had two rounds, right? So in October, we had these posters, and they felt welcome to come back earlier this semester because there were no actions taken. There were no direct, we don't accept this taken. And this is why these perpetrators felt that it was okay to come back. And that is my biggest problem with this, that the university is basically not being strong and they're not doing anything to protect us and stopping this. That's the voice of Linda Etikat. She's a uh, undergraduate student at San Francisco State and a member of GUPS, the General Union of Palestine Students. Um, it's very disturbing to hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. Linda. I am really, really uh, disturbed by uh, what I'm hearing about that.
So, Salim, uh, for our listeners who may not know much about the General Union of Palestine students, before we get into the lawsuit and some other things, can you, uh, and maybe you and Linda can do this together, tell us a little bit about the history of the General Union of Palestine students and the history of Palestine activism at, uh, at state. Definitely. Um, so, you know, the General Union of Palestine students at San Francisco State started in the 1980s. Um, and it was uh, a product of a call by the Palestinian Liberation Organization that came together as part of the, uh, what was it, the steadfast and it was the reunification of the PLO right. after Anwar Sadat's, uh, President Anwar Sadat's visit to Jerusalem, to occupy Jerusalem right. by, um, in what, 78, 76, I think it was 78. And so, uh, you know, congreg you know, Palestinian communities came together and they, for they formed general unions. This included general un student general unions, grocers general unions, workers general unions. Um, and I believe it was in 1985, Professor Blahadi is one of the co-founders of the women's general union as well. That's right. And so we've had a long history of, of uh, Palestinian activism at San Francisco State University that even predates the 1980s, but it's the 1980s that GUP starts as, in, you know, after uh, the, uh, the uh, I think that GUP's on students. San Francisco State might be the longest continuous running General Union of Palestine Students organization in the country. That is true. Uh, it's one of, it is the last mm -hmm. uh, GUP's chapter in the United States. There were uh, attempts to reform GUPS in, I believe, New York, right. um, but they were not uh, long-term, um, and it fizzles in and out. So here's the big picture that, as I see it. I see that San Francisco State has always been a place where communities of color, um, dispossessed communities, could really come together and, uh, you know, and cooperate in such a way that they could feel supported by one another. It's always been that way, whether it's been the Black Student Union, whether it's, you know, the General Union, whatever. It's always been the place where communities, dispossessed communities, could kind of converge and, and kind of work together. Then we also have, you know, GUPS, and we, we know that from the 1980s on, the, the Palestinian position at state has been among the strongest in terms of Palestine advocacy, support. What you know, it's just been known as being one of the the top places in the country. Then you know we get the formation of the Ahmed program, and then we bring Professor Abdul Hadi, you know, one of the foremost international authorities on Palestine studies, basically in the world, and we have an extremely strong presence there. It seems like the the pro-Israel forces on campus and nationally and internationally have been engaged in a non-stop effort to kind of, what word can I use you guys, de-Palestinianize? That's, that's a made-up yeah. word, right? <laughs> kind to of criminalize. And criminalize. Yeah. Target. Target. I might even use the word ethnically cleanse the campus of, like, pro-Palestine voices. I mean, to some extent, I mean, you know, we should call it what it is. And it seems like it's reached, you know, they've tried all these angles, it's not working, and now, and maybe, Salim, you could talk a bit about this, they've marshaled through the through this lawfare project a lawsuit against the university, against the president, President Wong, and against Professor Abdul Hadi for, 
for what now? Help us understand the lawsuit. Sure. So, I mean, we have to, I mean, first and foremost, this lawsuit is frivolous, baseless, inaccurate. Uh, and as you said, it's comp it's very much filled with Islamophobia. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if we break it down, they're essentially saying that there is systematic anti-Semitism on SFSU campus through the conflation of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism and the ways in which that conflation is used to silence and criminalize Palestinian advocacy work at San Francisco State. And so they go through and they kind of go through and start categorizing um, and cataloging these different instances of right. of Halal uh, and there are other, uh, you know, Zionist organizations at San Francisco State University, but for the most part, hello, and the ways in which they've been, um, uh, what they deem, um, baselessly, that they've deemed that their rights have been violated. But again, if you look at it, it's filled with lies, misrepresentations, half-truths, and really, I mean, for example, one of the things that struck me was when they're talking about the Barakat protest, they 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 kind of frame it as and they and I quote they say um, that members of GUPS uh, adjusted their head their head coverings in a threatening manner. I don't know and what that means. I don't know what that exactly. means either. <laughs> and then they also claim that they that they are under the belief that members of GUPS uh, were potentially uh, concealing weapons. I mean, again, this is false. Mm. But again, this is this Islamophobic, you know, presentation uh, that they have of this brutish, you know, and violent pro-Palestinian and Arab. And these are complete lies. But it must be remembered that uh, these are these lies aren't new. That when um, you know when you were put on the posters, Linda, is that your your name uh, and the other members Lubna's name were put on there on these baseless accusations by students of SF Hillel that were then picked up by the likes of Canary Mission and David Horowitz to put you on a national level smear campaign. Mm -hmm. Right, which is their, their MO. And comparing exactly. us to Hamas, a, terror, a designated terrorist organization in the United States. Like, these are accusations that should not be taken lightly. Right. To accuse students of being part of terrorist organizations, it, it just shows that anything Palestinian is threatening. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. Well, I come back to the same question, which is, what is the university doing about it? So hold that question for a second. Now, I was under the impression that President Wong, in fact, there was this independent commission that came to San Francisco State to look at the question of, you know, are Jewish students safe and anti-Semitism? And this independent commission found, like, no, everything mm -hmm. was... This was in the Maddox report. Yeah, the Maddox yeah. report, yeah. right? And, and so there was an independent report that came out that basically, um, my understanding, I, I, from what I remember, the report was it, it cleared the university of all these uh, false allegations. So basically, yeah. So basically, last May, um, myself and another GUPS member were, um, you know, accused of violating student codes of conduct. So we actually had to go into a meeting. With right. um, with the university, and you know, we did we only we did not you know these charges were dropped. However, they de they then brought a private investigator who who you know who proved that our protest against Nierbergot was not threatening students. Right. It was not anti-Semitic. It was not meant to incite violence. It was to protest a warmonger on our campus. And my biggest problem is why the university thought that it would be okay to host someone that talks about killing Palestinians in the streets of Jerusalem. Right. That that has someone aiding into the gentrification of Jerusalem, and 
to even re-invite him after we've protested and told them, hey, we don't feel safe with this guy. You cannot bring an Israeli politician on our campus that is threatening our safety right now. And it shows, why would you re-invite him? Why would you, why would you think that that would be a good thing? Why would you think that that does not make, like, that did not make us feel safe? We were. Well, also, they also put you and Lubna under student conduct hearings. Mm -hmm. um, those were, were those eventually dropped also? They were. Well, no, they, well, they, they went through with them. They went through with the conduct hearings. You had yeah, to Yeah, yeah, we had hearings. We yeah, had I mean, meetings. They were, you know, they had to go through the entire Yeah, but of you it, were cleared, then, right? Mm-hmm. But, and then they had, but then after after your meeting with the student conduct uh, office that was criminalizing you for your protest mm -hmm. and your activism and your free speech we had on the campus. private investigator. Then, yes, exactly. Then yeah. there was a private investigator, and President Wong said that the findings of the private investigator could reopen up the case, yeah. and suspension and expulsion are still on the table. So twice they had to go through university, mm -hmm. uh, university hearings. And investigations, and were found uh, twice. Mm -hmm. You know, to be clear, to, to be, be clear, one hundred. And it shows you that President Wong, uh, he inflicted this trauma and anxiety on us. You know, he inflicted that. You know, the um, the first conduct meeting was in early May, and that was during finals. We had to we had to wait, and we had to wait and go to these meetings while you know keeping up with our studies. You know, after that we were cleared. We then got the email from the private investigator, so we had to go another month and a half or another three months until the investigation was over. With this trauma and this anxiety and this what if this happens what if we can't attend this university anymore you know it shows that the administration it does not even care about the mental health of palestinian students but it also like it wasn't simply that they cleared you i mean it was you know what they did was they said they were they were criminalizing you for what they quote as breaking time place and manner regulations mm -hmm. for use of amplified sound mm -hmm. and what they yeah, say that's is, their standard uh, yeah. go-to right well exactly. what they say is that while you did break uh time, place, and manner regulations for the use of amplified sound, um, the, the uh, kind of the enforcement of that policy has been uh, disproportionately and, right. you know, applied. And then actually in the time of the vice president, Lolo Hong, who oversees the student conduct, she said that in her time in capacity at San Francisco State University, that ex that policy has never been enforced on a student. Except for Palestinians. Except for Palestinians. Right. And so yeah. they, it's not that they cleared you and said you did no wrongdoing. They said that the the wrongdoing that you're accused of has been, you know, discriminatorily applied to you mm -hmm. by the same institution that is discriminatorily applying it to you. So it's this mm -hmm. irony and it's this kind of hypocrisy. Well, it's yeah, it's the hypocrisy, it's the irony. But I want to go back to something uh, you said, Linda, which is just uh, emotional stress mm -hmm. that it puts you under. Mm -hmm. I mean, here you are trying to learn, trying to be a student. Mm -hmm you know, going to campus and exercising, you know, your free speech rights and so on and so forth. And this deliberate attempt to, like, create this enormous, like, the kind of stress that you guys have been under is no person should have to go through. Uh, I mean, I mean, Palestinians go through it all the time in Gaza and the West Bank and in Jerusalem. We know that. But you should not have to go through that as an undergraduate in any university anywhere in the world. Yet, you were put through that. The university let you down and has not done anything mm -hmm. to create the conditions for you to not only feel safe on campus, but to thrive as a student. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just unbelievable to me.
And the online attacks continue. Oh, really? I mean, the, I think the cyber attacks were about the worst things I've ever read about myself. I mean, in the comments, there were Zionists, you know, calling for my death, calling for sexual threats against us, saying that we should be expelled from the university, you know, and that's just wrong to have these, you know, grown people from all around the country, all around the world, you know, commenting and posting and sharing my pictures, you know, and they knew, they actually got my workplace, they got my school, they got my major, they, they had all this information on me and had pictures of me, right? The only thing the university offered me was an email saying that if, if I, again, if I were feeling safe, that I can contact UPD. And again, that's what's not U- an issue. What's that's the not UPD going to do about online threats? Exactly. They're not going to do anything. Well, this is the same thing that our advisor, Professor Abdul Hadi, has had to contend with mm-hmm. um, on the faculty level. Right. And the attacks against her um, has been, you know, just as we're attacked, she too is attacked. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I mean, they also go after her her academic work. Right. Um, and they attack, you know, the, this partnership that we have, as we said, with Najah University. But they also, you know, uh, the threats against her are also, uh, she has an article titled The Third Intifada. And, you know, and in it, they consistently refer back to it and they consistently attack her for it, for her academic scholarship. And they fear, I mean, they claim that this false accusation, they claim that Intifada is a, is a quote unquote genocidal slogan. This is part of the discourse that's in right. the, the the lawsuit itself. Right. And they have um, somehow translated the word intifada means death to all Jews in Israel. Which I'm I mean, you should take an Arabic class and really understand that intifada means uprising and uprising. that you know, it's in the actual lawsuit. They don't know Arabic, obviously. Yeah, and that's part of the that's part of like this the ways in which the university has made us vulnerable and refuses mm-hmm. to protect us is part of the reason that Professor Abdulhadi brought the grievance um, forth to San Francisco State University and how she, you know, she brought a grievance against them for the making of this hostile work. Yeah, and we'll be speaking with Professor Abdul Hadi actually next week to to get even a deeper dive into this whole thing at State from the faculty mm-hmm. perspective. But, you know, students have a special place on campus and a special privileged and protected place on campus. And what I'm hearing from you, Linda, and you, Salim, is that that's not happening for you guys at San Francisco State. This is not uh, a place where you're feeling like you can, you know, engage in your work in any kind of, uh, you know, thoughtful way. I mean, I, what about you, Salim? You, I know you graduated and that you're you're going to be going on, but this this must have been a really difficult kind of experience for you too. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't end. I mean, what's happening at San Francisco State University is not unique to San Francisco State University, despite the fact that they uh, target us like consistently year after year after year you know we've had uh you know we've had san francisco state university uh send you know send the records of of palestinian students to the fbi the joint terrorist task force and with the israeli consulate right i mean they've done that you know they've 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 made us very vulnerable uh to attack by you know these state policing entities and it's these same police that are present at every single one of palestinian protests or indigenous sovereignty protests or protests that are for black liberation or for you know like you know and so what they do is they have the police that are there to intimidate students that they threaten them with arrest if they do not comply with the with the orders of the university and the policies that are simply overly restrictive unreasonable and downright you know uh, violations of our civil liberties and our and our rights to congregate and assemble on campus, mm-hmm. but then they, these um, these same police are the ones that they say that we should reach out to, the ones who are you know attacking us. But then 
you also want to talk about um, what's happening at Urban Shield. And yeah, we should talk about Urban Shield. We've got a few more minutes mm -hmm. left, so also, Linda, I'll try to sum it up. <laughs> sum it up. Yeah, let's because there is a big connection with Urban Shield. Exactly. Um, you know, m police militarization and Palestine are not separate; they are actually joint. Um, on Tuesday, we attended the Urban Shield um, vote, which is a specific meeting. The you know the Berkeley City Council have has been dancing around this issue, right. and they haven't. They've been you know pushing it back and back. So we finally had our own meeting to combat Urban Shield and for them to actually vote on whether or not it was going to continue. 500 people showed up. Public comment, wow. yeah, public comment lasted for about five hours. So for five hours, we were in their faces saying, we do not feel safe. Do not militarize our police. This is not what we need in our neighborhoods. This is not the funding we need. We need more education. We need more health and wellness. This is not it. Basically, after five hours of public comment, the mayor and the city council decided that they were not going to support the end of Urban Shield and that they were wow. not going to support an end to police militarization, but instead support the Trump state and support Trump's plans for having a police state. Um, immediately after, uh, activists peacefully dropped down a banner saying stop Urban Shield and arrests were made. The police were shoving us yeah, and we were beaten with batons and we were pushed and cussed out by police officers in the auditorium. We then went outside and con when the this ab police brutality continued. So if you can only imagine, we were advocating to stop police brutality and militarization only at the end of the actual event to have police brutality. And Urban Shield has been teaching them these tactics of right. them harassing and beating us and treating us like animals. Literally, that's how we were treated on Tuesday night. It, we were animals to them. To have these police officers, you know, do exactly what we were trying to advocate against for f seven hours, it was just, it was, it was basically a nightmare. And in Berkeley. In Berkeley, of exactly, Berkeley, California, and it was basically just a nightmare to have experienced. And it's those same police who are present on mm -hmm. our campus. Right. I mean, the militarized police are the same ones of yeah. the San Francisco University Police Department, and it's the same police that, interestingly, is revealed in the lawsuit that the uh, the Lawfare Project is bringing forward. This frivolous lawsuit and is that they they is that the University Police Department was working with SF Hillel to issue citizens arrest forms to the director of SF Hillel so that they could arrest Palestinian students. Mm -hmm. And well, we can't forget that police officers are trained by Israel and that the US, United States, you know, yeah, they learn tactics from right. Israel, whether it be from the prison industrial complex to police brutality, we are learning from Israel, our institutions. This is Arab Talk on KPOO. We're in San Francisco. We're at 89.5 FM. And this is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal and Jess Nam. We've been speaking with Salim Shahad and Linda Etikat from the General Union of Palestine Students at San Francisco State. Actually, this has been a very disturbing interview, guys. I mean, I'm, I, I'm very, very, very concerned about the safety of you, of both of you. I'm very concerned about the safety of our, you know, our community, students of color at San Francisco State. I'm very disappointed to say the least about the university's response and uh, I think we're gonna have to continue this discussion on mm -hmm. the radio next week we'll be having Professor Abdul Hadi speaking about this in, in even more detail but I really appreciate uh, both of you coming in today sharing your stories and I'm sure we're gonna have you back thanks a lot for coming thank you well we've come to another close of Arab talk here on KPOO in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any comments, you can send us questions to ArabTalk at KPOO.com. We'll see you next week.